We're going we're gonna to in the book of Acts today. So if you have a Bible, go to Acts chapter 2. We just finished a series <clears throat> on the book of 1 Thessalonians. Um, in a couple weeks, I'm going to start a new series on 2 Thessalonians. But one of the things that I've been concerned about in my ministry lately is I think the evangelical church and Trinity Baptist is no exception has a, a great ignorance when it comes to theology concerning the church. Um, we, we, are, we are up with doctrines of salvation. We are up with doctrines of Christ. We are up with, with many things that are going on in the, in the world today. But I, I think there is a gross ignorance and a gross r- wrong in, in many people's theology when it comes to what is the church. And so I'm going to take uh, probably as few as six, as many as 12 sermons. Haven't completely, I, I've come up with topics and I've, I've laid out a month by month schedule. And whenever we have Lord's Table, I'm going to leave whatever series I'm in and I'm going to talk about the church. I'm going to talk about the church and missionaries. I'm going to talk about the church and your family. I'm going to talk about the church and your finances. Um, I'm not going to tell you what head when that is, so you won't be able to skip it. Um, I'm going to talk about the church and our culture. I'm going to talk about the church and um, uh, how to rear children and what part the church has in that, if any. Is is that part of the job of the church, or how does that fall? And, And so we're just going to talk about what the church is. And, 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 and like so many things, though, we need to start at the beginning. Um, there is, in the Word of God, something called the, that people sometimes use about the Word of God. It's a hermeneutical tool, in other words, a Bible study tool, called the Law of First Mention, for instance. If you want to know what God thinks about the topic of marriage, where is marriage first mentioned in the Bible? Well... It's, it's in Genesis chapter 2. And if you go to Genesis chapter 2, and you don't go there now, but you'll learn some basic principles about marriage that are immutable. They don't change. Jesus said, in the beginning, this is the way it was. And he mentions those principles that are at the end of Genesis chapter 2. So this morning, we're going to talk about what the church is. So how, how do you know how the church behaves or, or what, what the church even is? And so we've come this morning to Pentecost. At the end of chapter 2, we have a a, a story of what was the response to the sermon at Pentecost. Um, There were about 120 people who were disciples of Jesus that were kind of hanging out together. You know, there was the 12, but then there was more. And and as they were hanging out together in the days that followed between the resurrection of Jesus... And 50 days later, after, after the, the Jesus' crucifixion and, on Pentecost, um, as they were hanging out together, the Holy Spirit was working with them. Some things were going on in their community. And then on the day of Pentecost, do you remember the Spirit came? And they went from their meeting room, wherever they were gathered, into the streets. And as the Jewish people from around the world were present, they began to speak in other tongues. Not going to get into what that means today, but significant enough to say that it arrested the attention of tens of thousands of people. Just the whole courtyard and the whole city was impacted by this. And Peter gets up and preaches, and he takes Joel chapter 2. 
a text about the kingdom, and he, and he preaches Jesus from that text. And he says that Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, is the Messiah, that he filled, fulfilled all the scriptures concerning David's son, the Messiah, that the people of Israel rejected that Messiah. They crucified him. And, and, and the crowd knew what he was talking about. I mean, those who weren't there for the Passover, and, and everybody there at the Passover in Jerusalem knew about this, but those who weren't there surely had heard about it because it was only a month ago. <clears throat> and so those who had come in just for Pentecost probably had heard from other people. So the crowd knew what he was talking about. He said, you, just like your fathers killed the prophets, you crucified God. And he was buried and three days later, he rose again. And, and then he gets to the invitation, and that's where the scripture this morning picks up, where I had um, Tim start reading from verse 38. Then Peter said to them, so here's his invitation. Okay, how are you going to respond to what I just ta- told you? He says, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, because you've had your sins forgiven, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off. That's you and me, by the way. If you're a Gentile, if you're a non-Jew. When he says to all those who are, that's, that's us, okay? And to all those who are far off, as many as the Lord our God with call, will call. And, and so then the response to that invitation happens in, in, in verse 41. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Well, my outline this morning is just going to be very simple. I'm going to walk through these next verses and fill in the blanks. So if you have your paper there, it's time to color, okay? Note the identification of the church. This is the who. Who is the church? And, and that's important. Is a church a building? Is a church a synod? Is a church an organization? Is a church an office? Is a church a seminary? What is a church? And, and I would propose to you that the, the who of the church, number one, the first church consisted of those who received the word with gladness. Those who responded to the preaching of the word. Then those who gladly received his word. No true church functions without God's word. An organization without a Bible is not a Christian church. No believers are converted without God's word. God's word work is always done in accordance with his word. God's work is always done in accordance with his word. Romans 10.17 says this, So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You, you, don't, you don't just one day... Um, you know, wake up and say, hmm, I, I think God is uh, the fox that just walked across um, my backyard, and I think that the fog lifting showed that I'll go to heaven someday, and I believe that. No, you, you don't get to make up who God is. You don't get to make up what salvation is. God has declared it to us in his word. And if you're going to have a relationship with God, then you must learn that from his word. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Um, Galatians 3.20, 
Paul says this, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How did, how did you receive the Spirit? What, was it by your own efforts or was it by the hearing of faith? You heard God's word and you responded in faith to that. So what is the church? Well, number one, the church is those people who have received God's word. Number two, the first church consisted of baptized believers. He says, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. In the commission that Jesus gave to the church, he said this, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, I'm in Matthew 8, 28, 18 to 20, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, and here's the key verb of the text, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. In his commission to his disciples concerning their life's ministry, what they were supposed to do, making disciples, he said, you're going to teach them to do everything I've taught you. And one of those things is going to be to baptize them. Peter writes in his epistle that baptism is the answer of a good conscience towards God. This is the pattern of the early church. When the Ethiopian eunuch believed, what did he say? He says, here's water. What descended me to be baptized? The Philippian jailer, when (laughs) he got shook to his faith... (laughs) And the walls of the, 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 the jailhouse shaking and, and he came to a point of conversion that night. He said to Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And that night, he got baptized. Baptism has always been part of Christianity and what the church is. In the epistles, Paul will mention spirit baptism three times, each time assuming that his hearers have been immersed, assuming that his hearers have been baptized. And he teaches that baptism pictures your relationship with sin, Romans chapter 6. He says that baptism pictures your relationship with Jesus Christ in Galatians. He says baptism pictures your relationship to the church in the book of 1 Corinthians. Each time, the Holy Spirit baptism that Paul is teaching is metaphorical of, or, or, or metaphorically seen, I guess you might say, in water baptism. And Paul just assumes that those who are part of those churches had been immersed, that they understood this. What is church? Well, if we go to this first place, it's those who gladly receive God's word. That is, people who have followed the Lord and believers' baptism. Number three, who is church? The first church consisted of those who joined the followers of Jesus. Note he says in verse 41, they were added to them. Now, you can't add something to something unless the something exists. You know, Winnie the Pooh should be so smart. You can't add something to something unless there's something first to exist, right? <clears throat> you have to have, have something to add something to. So there was this group of people, the disciples of Jesus, that, that now they're added to. Notice down in verse 44, it says this. They had all things common. Who's the they? And at verse 46, and they, they ate their food with, uh, let's see, where's I want? And so they continued daily with one accord. 
um, they, they were all together with one accord. We're going to see that again and make another point later. Um, there were about, like I said, about 120 disciples hanging out together between the resurrection of Jesus and Pentecost. Now 3,000 people get baptized in one day. 3,000, and these are people from around the world. So as I think about this, how many actually were from Judea, Jerusalem, the, the local area? Don't know. Hundreds, maybe a thousand. Maybe it was more than that. So, so these, these Jews that get saved in this day, these, these people of Israel, they, they leave Jerusalem, they go throughout the world, and they start churches, or they're part of, of this new faith. And all they know is what happened at Pentecost. Talk about being theologically ignorant. But here at the local church <clears throat> at, in Jerusalem, thousands more in the weeks to come, as you go on and read the story of the book of Acts, thousands more join themselves to this 120 that now swelled by a thousand or, or, or maybe so. And, and then thousands more will be added to them so much that the town went nuts. The, they said the world has been turned upside down. The, the, this has radically shaken everything that we have. Well, um, here in this pattern, they were added to a group. They were put together. Some teach that church membership is wrong. And that counting those who attend or keeping a membership list is somehow fleshly or carnal. In, in this church, a Baptist church, we believe in congregational rule. In other words, we believe that the authority for making a decision rests in the congregation. In a very practical manner, then, how can we determine what the congregation has decided if we don't know who the congregation is? There must be some way of defining who is inside or outside of the subset if you're going to say this is the group that gets to make the decision, whatever that is, whatever that authority is. It's natural and necessary that we identify the parameters of the membership of our church. On the other hand, if a board of elders is the church, or a synod is the church, then a membership is, is, is completely unnecessary. But it says in verse 47 that the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Now, if they're adding to the church, were they adding elders to the church? No, they were adding believers to the church. So it doesn't make sense then that elders define what the church is, but rather that believers define what the church is. Christianity cannot be separated from church. Christians who are not part of church, but say, listen to Christian radio or participate in home Bible studies or attend Christian rallies or concerts, are not really practicing biblical Christianity. Christianity is receiving Christ as your Savior. Yes, that's what makes you a Christian, being justified, born again, redeemed, regenerated. I understand all that. But if you're going to act like you're a Christian, you're going to be part of a church. Parachurch organizations, radio ministries, um, conferences, seminaries, these things are not wrong, but they cannot establish or they cannot um, supersede or be separated from the importance of the local church. From time to time when I've attended a conference on a Saturday, 
or, or, or gone to a concert, a Christian concert on a, on a Saturday night and, and been blessed by the music or been blessed by the teaching. In my evil, prejudiced heart, I ask myself, I wonder where they're going to church tomorrow. Do you know, having a great bass voice does not give you a hall pass from being faithful to church? I don't think when you get to heaven someday, God is going to say to a great bass-voiced member of a quartet, you know what? You didn't have to go to church because you could sing well. I don't think somebody who has a famous radio ministry who's out preaching in a conference on Saturdays and then never is part of a local church is going to get a hall pass from Jesus saying, you did a great job in spite of the fact that you were never a blessing to anybody in a local church. Because Christianity is fleshed out in relationships in a church. Paul's epistles were either written to churches or to pastors of churches. The book of Revelation was written to seven churches by Jesus Christ. Each time we see in the New Testament theology, we see church. They said many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Not every member is the same. (laughs) I couldn't think as I tried to think. Was there a miracle done by a, a... a non-apostle. I, I couldn't think of any, except for the speaking of tongues that are talked about in 1 Corinthians. I couldn't think of any. Uh, help me if, if, if you can. So what is church? The identification of a church. First, the who. The, uh, the, the church consists of those who have received the word of God with gladness. The church consists of baptized believers. The church consists of those who joined with the followers of Jesus Christ. Um, the second major section, the practice of the church. What did they do? The what? The first church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, it says in Acts 2.42. Most of those who repented, most of the 3,000 had not spent time with Jesus. They were clueless. They didn't know anything about the New. They didn't have the New Testament. And they, they didn't know anything about the faith of Christ. They needed the teaching of the apostles. He says... They continued steadfastly. That does not sound like 40 minutes once a week. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That sounds to me like a scope and sequence. That sounds to me like an organized body of truth being taught. Not just, you know, it depends on whoever shows up and does counseling in the pastor's office on Saturday. So that's what he's going to talk about on Sunday. No, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. There was a, 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 a bulwark, or there was a, a body of doctrine that was taught to them on a consistent basis. Note the practice of the church, number one. The first church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Number two, the first church continued steadfastly in fellowship. Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And there's no you know, commerce and they, they did both. They, the Jews that had received Christ, were disassociated from Jewish society. Sometimes I understand that there might have even been funerals for those who had become Christians. We're going to completely separate from you. You're dead to me. I'm, I, I have died to you. You died to me. So when you get 
killed by your family. You got to go find a new friend. Well, they found each other, and rightly so. There are no lone rangers in Christianity. Christianity is fleshed out in church. And I said last week that your relationships reveal your level of spiritual maturity. As you function in the body of Christ, so is revealed how grown up you are in Jesus Christ. Um, If we continue from one shallow relationship to another, we have a problem. Note the what, the practice of the church. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued steadfastly in fellowship. The first church, number three, continued in breaking of bread and prayers. They worshipped. They got together and they, they had Lord's table, as we're going to have this morning. Um, I, I wish they'd put together, I'm uh, just enough, you know, of an, let, let's see, it has to be done like this, a control freak, I guess is what I've been called, that I wish uh, Paul had, you know, left behind an order of service. You know, how long did he preach? I'm sure longer than I do. What did they sing? Did they use musical instruments or not? And if so, which ones? But we don't know. But from this text, from this text, and we can see in the New Testament certain things that they did, but from this text we know that they baptized, that they preached, that they observed Lord's table, that they prayed, that they, that they praised. We, we see in other places that they read God's word in public. Note the impact of the church then this morning, the impact. The first church had great respect in Jerusalem. Look at verse 43. Then fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Fear came upon every soul in Jerusalem. I thought about that a little bit this week, and I said, what would it take for Fond du Lac to be afraid of Trinity Baptist Church? It says, fear came upon every soul. What would it take for our community, our, our, our world around us, to be in awe of what's going on in this place. The power of God radically changed lives. People becoming radically different than they were before they received Jesus as their Savior. Bars shutting down because people are no longer frequenting them, no longer drinking, therefore it's not making any sense to keep them open in Fond du Lac County. The porn shops on 41 being shut down because nobody goes there anymore. What if, what if, what if you were so holy that it irritated everybody you worked with? And I'm not saying obnoxious. I'm not saying offensive. I'm not saying that you... You know, go around saying, bless you. you know, I, I, I'm not saying that, but just what if you were clean? What if every word that came out of your mouth was glorifying to God? Not that you even use churchy language, but just that you were holy as God is holy. What does that do to your friends, your family, your workmates, your neighbors, your community? The church had great respect in Jerusalem. Second, the early church took care of each other. Part of this relationship thing going on in verses 44 and 45, now all who believed were together and they had all things common. 
and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all and as anyone had need. Well, are we supposed to be communists? Is uh, communism as we understand it in the 20th century, was that an early church idea? Um, did the early church think Jesus was coming back so soon that they didn't need to own anything? Some observations. The first church communism was not repeated in any other church. That's an argument from silence. Number two, the, the first church communism was voluntary, not compulsive. Number three, the first church communism did not have a goal of making everyone equal, but had a goal of filling everyone's needs. And then the first church communism was spontaneous and spirit-led with certain people being inspired to do this. I don't believe forced or compulsive or even encouraged communism is part of being a church, but loving each other is. When we know that someone is hurting, when we know that someone needs a friend, when we know that someone needs aid, whether it be someone to go see them when they're in the hospital or someone to write them a card of encouragement when they're discouraging or show up at their place and help or, or, or when you know somebody is hurting, what should the church do when we know this? The church took care of each other's needs. And then I'm done. The first church was unified. Acts 2.46 says this, that they were with one accord. This is something that's repeated in these early chapters. About five times in the early chapters you'll see this. And, and, it, and it says in verse 32 of chapter 4, Now the multitude of those who believed, this is an amazing thing, were of one heart and one soul. <laughs> That's amazing. Thousands of people of one heart and one soul. You know how powerful that is? It, it's, it's like the humongous mistake the Japanese made when they bombed Pearl Harbor. They didn't know that they were going to make 100 million people angry enough to all think the same way. But that's what they did. Well, the, here we have thousands of people that are part of this early church, and they were all of one heart, heart, and one soul. What a powerful force that is. That's, that's what the early church was like. Fear came upon their community, and they loved each other, they took care of each other, and they all had the same agenda. They all had the same purpose. So what is church? Well, church is people who believe. Church is people who believe, and because of their belief, they have followed the Lord in believers' baptism, and they're part of a congregation. Who is church? Well, uh, uh, or or what, is, what happens in church? Well, they, they, they are together, they, they function as a body, they preach, and they work together, there's fellowship in them. And what impact would that make? And, and I'd like to challenge us as we think about what the church is, who the church is, what the church is, and what impact we should be making on our world around us. Um, what part do you have in the church? Are you the church? How are you contributing? And I don't mean just money. How are you contributing to what this church is? How is God using you in the church?